Welcome back to Sinsome Ministrivia, the shit show. This is <laughs> this is Brent. I'm John. And uh, we have we have some guests with us tonight. Yeah, so, uh, wait a second, you gotta back up. This is our 10th episode. This is our 10th episode. I totally forgot that's, we got something big planned tonight, and I totally forgot that's why we were doing it tonight. Um, this is our 10th episode, so I've got my, my can of PBR. What are you drinking? I am drinking Haas Rye Lager, thanks to Alan, who is one of our guests here. Moving along. <laughs> Alright, uh, Alan, you want to introduce yourself first? Yes, I'm Alan. <laughs> what do you what do you do alan um i work with john i pretty much do whatever john tells me to okay i started out on computers um on a mac 2 um like in 1987 mm-hmm. and um i get really confused when i see a command prompt <laughs> that's all right yeah i'll elaborate on that alan does a uh, desktop support at the biofrontiers institute among oh, cool. other things he's a uh, very invaluable. Sometimes he shows up and he's got like nine HDMI cables and he's just like, which one do you want? This one's directional and this one's not. <laughs> I didn't even know they made directional HDMI. Neither did we. To we <laughs> well next day. Uh, and then our other guest is Brian. I'll just let you take it from here. You can introduce yourself. All right. Um, I'm Brian. So I'm John's roommate. I work at the building just next door, which is LASP, the laboratory for atmospheric and space physics or something along those lines uh work as a mission ops software engineer great yeah so lo and behold i think this is a good time to announce uh, and i'm sure you got it probably from the title which we don't know yet no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put it in the title Just kidding, i'm gonna make no it no idea i'm make i'm gonna make it as sexually suggestive as i can because so far the most popular episode we have is body bongos that's true. So I think the more innuendo, the better. So this week, the reason that we have some different people here from different backgrounds is because we are trying to create sort of a spectrum of people with different experience with Linux around Linux, installing Linux, Linux, sorry, um, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So we have, uh, what, 11, I think? 11 distros? Yeah, yes. 11. 11. <laughs> okay. So we, we've got a list of 11 distros for them to, to try and install. Neither of you have installed Linux before this project, right? I have once or twice, but never anything like super extensive. Okay. Do you remember which distribution? Uh, I did Ubuntu once and I tried to do Arch at one point and failed miserably. About how recent was that? That was about... Other than through this whole whole deal, it was about a year ago. Okay. That's, oh, that's valid. That's not, yeah, that's not too bad. And Alan, how about you? How much have you played with Linux or not? Um, I installed Tails at Jonathan's request a couple weeks ago, and I, I only have nine distros, so feeling a little cheated on the last two, but it's okay. And uh, yeah, up until then, I've never run Linux because I never really needed to. That's fair. Fair enough. Cool. I'm just going to jump right in. Oh, yeah, we didn't, we didn't, no, we did. Okay, sorry. I was going to say, we didn't talk about Brian, but we did. <laughs> oh, thanks for thinking of me. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Um, so first up is uh, is Arch. Now, Jonathan and I, uh, I call him Jathan, by the way. It's, this is That's weird. That's my IRC nick. So yeah, he, it's his IRC name. met me as Jathan, which is just like, you know, stripping out the Anna part from my name. The vowels, yeah. if you will. Yes, mm-hmm. well, except, except the last one and, you know, a couple other consonants. But, um, I mean, that's that's just basically how I came to know him. Like, I knew his name was Jonathan, but... Yeah, in my head, you're still BTS3685 and you forever will be. Well, I don't even use that nick anymore. I know, but it's hard for me to just adjust. Yeah, we'll deal with it. <laughs> 
It's also way shorter, so I just like saying Jathan. But first up, we had Arch, and Jathan and I have... I mean, I, I probably am more extensive at this point experience Definitely than true. you, but both of us have past experience with it, so this may have been easier for us than it was for you. So if we say something was easy, don't necessarily... You know, like, don't <laughs> don't think that is a reflection on your scale. It's just because it's something we've done before. Yeah, and not only that, but that's really why we have this spectrum here. So that's why we have yeah. Ryan, who's got some experience, and Alan, who doesn't really have any, because, you know, their opinion might actually be more valuable depending upon your skill level, at least yeah. to you. And that's yeah, totally cool. And and I know we've said it before in other episodes and stuff, but, you know, if you come into our IRC channel, you email us, you tweet at us, whatever, and you're talking to us about Ubuntu, we're not going to bash on you because you use Ubuntu. I might, a little bit. Whatever. We'll, we're Playful bashing. Out. Playful bashing. I'll help you out, but I might I might be like, I might insult your distro. I won't insult you. I'll put it that way. <laughs> there you go. It's a personal choice. Whatever makes you comfortable. Choice. I'm happier with you using Ubuntu than not using Linux at all. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's that's true. I can get behind that. So first we had Arch. Who wants to go first? Um, Talk about your experience. I think I'll go first. So... You spoke up, so sounds, sounds yeah, so, good. Uh, first and foremost, I run Arch on my VPS at this point, which, by the way, my VPS is through Linode. They provide Arch if you're interested. I was originally a Gentoo user, so for a little while, I think Arch felt a little underpowered, uh, specifically Pac-Man as compared to Portage, which at this point, I'm over it because I realized that I wasn't gaining that much from using Gentoo with all the, um, the sort of customizations and stuff like that with the compile flags. Uh, so... For me, Arch just isn't really a big deal anymore, and it never really was in terms of installation and stuff like that. It was an adjustment for me to get used to System D as the init system. I mean, I don't know how much you really want me to say here. Yeah, just just like run through. Yeah, so we'll, for we'll me, have like our raw. We have we have a grading. Yeah, we have a grading sort of system that we set up, so those will all be posted after the fact for everybody. Yeah. And a lot of these questions are kind of variable. Like one of the things that we talked about was the default desktop environment or window manager. And in a lot of cases, you can choose from a very wide assortment. So we'll make a note of which one we chose. But mm. so yeah, that's really all I've got with Arch. I, if you're looking for something that's a little bit more advanced than what you're doing now, depending what you are doing now, that could be the next step. Arch has a wiki that is extremely helpful and provides really good instructions for a lot of things. Even if you're not using Arch necessarily, there's a lot of valuable information on there. Um, so for me, all around, a good choice. And obviously I use it every day, both on my desktop at work and my, my VPS. How fast did your install take? So admittedly, I didn't do this again in a virtual machine for the distro review because I had just installed it on my workstation a couple of weeks ago. But uh, as Alan, I'm sure, could tell you, it only took me uh, like 40 minutes max to get everything up and running. It wasn't bad at all. Cool. All right. Well, that, that brings us to Alan. Alan, um, did you manage to get an Arch installed? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, it said that it installed and then I got to the infamous command prompt. Yeah. So didn't really know how to install the, I think it's called windowing. Yep. Something like that. So I tried to install Windows Manager and then failed. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, it, I mean, it sounds like the install was successful. Arch is pretty stripped down, which is also why they don't include like a default GUI installer or anything like that. But I mean, yeah, congrats. That Arch is definitely one of the more challenging installs to do for linux so uh that's good to hear did you how'd you find the actual process did, like was the installation difficult for like such a, a weird foreign procedure no it was pretty straightforward you know i just i was doing it through VirtualBox, mm -hmm. so just chose the iso looked like everything worked and uh took a little bit of time to load the components and then 
got to the command prompt and asked John what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gurus are, are pretty helpful with your first forays into Linux, so I can, I can understand that. Brian, what about you? <laughs> that sounded a lot like uh, my first time trying to install Arch. <laughs> this time around, though, I was successfully able to get to the point where I had a desktop environment and everything, so went through the process. It took a little bit longer than, than John's install and kind of slowly made my way through the layers and layers and layers of documentation in order to mm-hmm. like know how to use fdisk and all this other stuff. Right. I will say, though, in like some of the stuff that I do, occasionally I work with embedded applications, so mm-hmm. Arch is a, an excellent choice for, for that kind of thing, and I'm looking forward to kind of trying to do that a little bit more often in the future. Cool. Yeah, I, I use uh, Arch as a base for a, a live CD I put together. I, I just like how stripped down it is, so... Yeah. I mean, I I did my install in, in uh, 10 minutes and 19 seconds, and most of that was waiting for the packages to download. I'm seasoned at it, though, so I definitely don't expect someone new to Arch or Linux to get anywhere near that. But, I, I mean, you know, it's 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 an install. I've done it many times before. I, don't, I didn't have much to say on that aspect. Let's talk about CentOS, though, because CentOS is interesting. I used the, the GUI installer. Oh, you cheated. <laughs> Well, what did you think the whole point of this was? No, I, I used the GUI net install, too. Oh, the net install? Okay. But it's so your pretty... install probably took hours. Um, Not bad, but again, this was one that I actually had to install on a production server at work, like, literally last week, so I just used that for this purpose. Right. So our internet there is um, probably not uh, average in terms of speed. Right. Yeah, that's that's very true. I did my install in, in uh, almost nine seconds, or nine minutes. It was eight minutes, 39 seconds. But I did a minimal install, which is like just enough to boot to a command line, you know? Yeah, that was mine also. And actually, now that I'm thinking of it, we also used a local repo. You've, you cheated, if anything. Yeah. <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> Got a little bit going for me there. What about you, Brian? Did you did you get CentOS installed? Yeah, I used the, the GUI install as well. I did a full install, so it took a little mm-hmm. bit longer. I mean, it was... It was easy. I thought one thing that was really cool about CentOS was how much options there was as far as like what you wanted to install from the install ISO. Like you could do like a headless node or Mm -hmm. some sort of like a compute node or a full desktop environment and you could just make those options really easily from the GUI installer. And I thought that was a super, super cool feature and kind of an interesting thing that not a whole lot of the other ones implemented. Yeah, yeah, that that is one uh, arena, I guess, where CentOS really stands out. I also think their installers, I, I just really like the look of it. It's really clean it's and really simple. really straightforward. Yeah. It's not very easy to, like, be led astray. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy to customize either, so I had problems with that. But, you know, I mean, for getting us just a basic install or uh, a group install, which is like the, the software sets you were talking about, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, really good for that approach. Uh, what about you, Ellen? Um, I didn't have much, I didn't have as, as good luck, so... Mm-hmm. Everything looked good, the installer looked good, and flying through the installer, everything was good, and then you know what happens. I got to the command prompt. <laughs> so, yeah, so apparently he... I didn't have, have an internet connection, so mm. that kind of killed it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I tried to help him out with that when he was like, oh, I'm at the command prompt. So I tried to toss him a yum install for like XFCE or something. Uh-huh. And uh, as it turns out that, I mean, I was on board with you. I thought that you established a network connection during the, the install, but that didn't carry over into his actual environment after he booted. You, you have to set it to start. Oh, is that a separate option in the installer? 
Sort of. So there's 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 kind of like two steps, right? You you set up the start the network. I might be thinking of CentOS six five installer because I've done I don't know how many CentOS installs over the past year. But from what I recall, uh, you set up the network and then you also have to uh, have to configure to say uh, make available on boot. I bet. So chances are, if you had him edit the sysconfig network right, scripts, right, right. Well, yeah, and and I could have done that, but I thought at that point it was unfair because yeah. Yeah. You know, that's not like a true indication of what would have happened without me. Yeah, a real, like, someone uh, doing that install on their own would have been boned because they would have had no no way of checking documentation online after that point. So right. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, CentOS is all right. I, I mean, it does what it's supposed to. If you're running production environments and if you have any boxes running Red Hat, it's really easy to throw CentOS in the mix because they are binary compatible and everything. Yeah, yeah, that is. And that is now cool. that they're developed truly in tandem, the version numbers are always going to match up and whatnot. Yeah, that is that is pretty rad. And I, I am glad that they're using SystemD now. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's CentOS. You know, it still feels like CentOS. It's is what it is. So it's kind of. I don't really have much to say to that either, because like I'm I'm like burned out on Santos because I've just done done it so much. <laughs> Debian, yeah. I did Debian eight. Next on the list, I also did Debian eight. Oh, I'm getting a thumbs up from Helen. Do you want to go first? Oh, I like Debian eight. Mm. Yeah, it was totally successful. I actually got a desktop and I could use it. I surfed the net. I bought an eBay item. It was awesome. <laughs> awesome. I'm really glad to hear that. What do you, do you feel like there is something, I mean, besides it working, something you liked about the, the Debian installer more than the other, more than the others? Um, I guess just that it was straightforward. Mm-hmm. Not not a lot of choices, like as far as do you want this, that, or the other. Something confusing to me. It did take a little longer to install it, seemed, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't know. It just seemed successful overall. Yeah, it, uh, it was probably installing packages over the uh, over the WAN for that that delay, which is what I had ended up doing. I had a uh, yeah, me too. I used the net install. I think I used a regular install, but I wanted to install um, XFCE because that was that's what I was using as a, a baseline for desktop. Yeah, I pretty much did that across the board too. I did in yeah. one case choose uh, LXDE because I just wanted to see. But was that on SUSE? Yeah, it was. Knew it. I knew it. I, that's in my notes. That was really cool that they offer that at least. Yeah, I mean a couple others do. Cool. What about you, Brian? Um, I mean it was relatively easy. I'm gonna just kind of echo the it took a while thing. Mm-hmm. I was I started all of this stuff really late last night, like probably later than I should have, <laughs> and um the Debian install took up the large majority of that time. Like I spent an hour just sitting at a prompt, not at a prompt, but like sitting watching a a scroll bar go by and yeah it was just installing for an hour and i was just like sitting here twiddling my thumbs waiting for waiting to review some more and <laughs> yeah yeah playing progress quest yeah as we used to say i used to um i used to work in a, a mixed shop I'm, I'm all linux now but i used to be working a mix shop and uh the windows admin and i would always call it playing progress quest because there's a there was like a, a indie game out at the time called Progress Quest and and the whole thing is just it's self auto, it's self playing you just watch a, a progress bar scroll by and it just like runs through like RPG actions and stuff it's, it's hilarious there's the train yeah you can hear it 
<laughs> but cool. Yeah, I mean, aside from taking so dang long, I don't know, I, I kind of like Debian. Debian was the very first Linux distro I ever tried. That was back on Debian, oh my gosh, uh, 3, I think? And they release one every, they, they release like a major version every like two years. So <laughs> it was a long time ago. But yeah, I mean, I it's I, I can see the growth that Debian's gone gone under and I'm really liking the direction they're headed. Yeah, so. I mean, it overall it was like, really like not all that bad it just took a long time yeah yeah debian is a really mature product it's an older community and granted they've been having some issues lately with the whole system d split but ultimately i mean debian has been around for a while they know what they're doing i think they've got things pretty under lock do you know uh debian and slack are the only two surviving or like the two oldest surviving distros i did not know that but well the slack part definitely doesn't surprise me yeah, well, I, that is and fun. even then, I mean, we'll we'll talk about it more when we talk about Slack. But like, I I don't know if I would call them still alive at this <laughs> point. But we'll we'll talk more about about that later. Oh my gosh! All right, this is this is gonna be a fun one. Who who managed to install a booting Gentoo system? Bonus points if you got network. Extra bonus points if you got a desktop environment. Uh, Anyone? Well, I mean, I did for sure. <laughs> I did. I did too. Yeah. But I mean, you and I both were Gentoo yeah, users we for, a users for a long ass time. Long time. So it's really unfair. So yeah. Neither of you did you even attempt it? Or I just... just did not have time. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally understandable. Yeah. yeah. Ryan asked me. He actually booted into the install, and he's like, "Yeah, so what's this?" <laughs> <laughs> So there was no, there's no pretty graphical installer. There's no graphical. There was at one point. There they was. used to. I actually yeah, they used that. to. I never used, they used it. To have one. I I would always try using it, and it would never work. So I was, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just do a manual install, yeah. and and that would always work. Their documentation's kind of taken a downturn yeah, since I my last Gentoo install. Angry with it. Yeah, I mean, I I was I just missed used my... to like the one page install. You would just scroll down. Me and, too. Like, make sure you hit everything, and it was just like. Easy. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it wasn't easy, but it was easy. Accessible, I'll yeah. say, you know. Yeah. It was easy to ensure that you got everything and all the information you needed to get up and running realistically was in that one That one page. That one page. You just need you and that was download actually, it and print it out. That yeah. was one of Brian's complaints about Arch was that the main install page sort of lacked some of the resources directly on that page that he needed to install. So he found mm. himself clicking around a lot to get through that. Yeah. It was a lot of like, okay, now partition your disk. Use fdisk or gpartit or whatever. And then it was like, that was it. There was no like, here's the command that we suggest you run or anything mm-hmm. like that. It was So it was a lot of like jumping around the documentation, which... Like, I get it. Like, if someone is, like, at a higher level, it's inconvenient to have all that extra stuff there. But for someone who's totally new at it, it's really frustrating. Yeah, I totally, totally get behind that. Yeah, and my thought with that was, like, realistically with Gentoo, you could actually use something like links from the live in- live CD and read through the instructions to have, like, to the point that you have an operating environment. Yeah. And well, with and Arch, it- you, you could, but it would be a lot harder to navigate the, the links. Well, and then they... Tend uh, to move their their handbook to the wiki. Right. Now. Yeah. So it's it's same boat, you know. So the the Gentoo documentation, Brian did have examples like that. Yeah. Like here's what you would run. But the problem with with that was it it was it was more it was on more pages than the Arch Wiki was, you know. <laughs> so if you if you were frustrated about how much jumping around the Arch Wiki was, Gentoo was was even worse. Oh yeah. <laughs> but but it had better like detail. It had better examples, I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah, it was more straightforward in terms of, like, this is how you should partition. And if you want to deviate from that, it's kind of up to you to know how to do that. Whereas Arch was like, partition your disk. 
Yeah. And they yeah. didn't even give you like a recommendation in terms of what you should be doing at that point, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... And I think that's... I think that's actually something that maybe we should suggest to somebody in Archland. Well, I mean, that's... It's partly how Arch is. Yeah, like it's, it's part of the Arch philosophy. And I understand you know? that, but I also think they'd have better adoption and more involvement if people had an easier time of it. Yeah. Well, and I, I think I'd like to... Even if it I'll was probably a... talk more about that when we get to Manjaro. Yeah, true. What we don't have on our list, and I was I was thinking of doing like a, a distro review redux or something somewhere down the line, because there's many distros out there. I really wanted to do uh, Antergos. Yes. Antergos? Uh, so it's basically just a, a GUI installer for Arch, and that's it. But mm. I think that's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that a later episode. Um, yeah. Jathan, you got your, your Gen 2 install done, right? Yeah, I finished. How long did it take? Uh, you're going to shame me. How long did yours take? <laughs> Two hours, 51 minutes, 25 seconds. Okay, mine was about four. What, did you install anything extra besides the base? Um, well, I installed XFCE and uh, the binary for OpenOffice. Uh, okay. Because I was just like, you know, the thing is, like, obviously I've done this, so I kind of know the process and like, well, if you're downloading this, it's going to take nine hours to compile. Like, <laughs> if you have to update mm. GCC, you should probably wait till you're on vacation next week and run it while you're gone. <laughs> or glibsy. Yeah. I, I sort of didn't. I didn't install a desktop environment. Oh, you cheater. But, but, I did ins- I did switch it over to System D. Oh, yeah, you did mention that, and I was curious. Yeah, and to do that, you know, you, you switch to the System D profile. I probably didn't have to do this, but the documentation suggests that I do it, and I, I didn't really have a functional System D environment in Gentoo before, so I wanted to see if, you know, what it was like. And the first thing it says is, uh, Emerge World, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be a long night. So I I did, and that that took up maybe maybe an hour. Did you do it in an hour VM? and a half? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did it in KVM. So at least I was getting like some real time scheduling right. and, and could tweak it like that. But yeah, I mean it was uh it made me uh not miss Gen two. <laughs> I still miss Gen two. I don't know. It, it's... I miss the badass factor attached to. No, yes. no. Come on. No, there. It's not. It doesn't. I don't think it has a badass You're factor anymore. Yes. No. Like. All right. So here's the thing. So Gen two is is great. I think if you need to do compile time optimizations. Frequently. But the thing is, well, not even frequently, but like for it's, everything. For everything. Yeah. For everything would be more accurate. But the thing is, nobody who's running Gen two needs it or or uses it for that matter that's true you know like they're not they're not implementing the mad crazy hoops to run gcc through but prior to arch there was still gentoo was one of the only ways to get the latest and greatest i i think arch might have been around before gentoo maybe no way arch yeah arch came from crux and crux crux is old so i don't know i'd have to i'd have to check the timeline but um i mean arch and gentoo are almost cousins they're a really generally clean file system i can hear you typing oh my gosh i'll have to edit that out it's alan oh that's alan <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> i usually get on, on jthod's case about it hey so i got a question yeah for maybe some of the people who don't know a whole lot here what is the whole system d thing um oh, well that's in our last episode yeah we, t- we did talk about that our last oh, episode so should i just do my homework or <laughs> no I'll, I'll tell you now i mean it, it ties in because we're talking about it a lot so for a long time there was this thing called unix it wasn't really one thing it was a bunch of different things but you know like there was there were different like versions of unix different distributions of unix whatever but almost all of them used a, a set a system where the kernel when booted would call this thing called an init and that would in turn start different services 
changes on your system through init scripts. And there are a couple different ones. There was OpenRC, there's SysV in it, which is the general name for script-based stuff. BSD has its own, but they're they're all basically a set of scripts called by another script that's started by the kernel. Um, and that's so you can get like services that start on boot. The, I don't know, maybe... Three years ago? Two years ago? Yeah, I want to say. It's maybe three years ago. It, it could be a at little least, longer. Maybe four. And there goes an ambulance. Um, yeah, why did you so do that, man? About like three years, maybe four years ago, there was a, a piece of software written called System D. And System D took a, an entirely different approach. It had the kernel start a binary, and that binary would start a couple other binaries, and each of those binaries would manage a component of the system that an init script would usually manage. Or they would start a custom parsed file called a unit file, and that would in turn act as an init, like sort of like an init script. But it's faster, it's it's the next progression, I think. So anyways, that's, I mean, that's system D. Alright, so let's, let's, let's move this along then. Yeah, thanks for Sorry, that glazed look over my eyes was just because I was in a Unix interface right there. Got it. Oh man! All right. Did did any of you do a Linux from scratch install? I did. Really? Yep. I feel like you're bullshitting me. I'm not. I had to use a fucking YouTube video though. <laughs> you kids in your fucking YouTubes! Oh my gosh! You know there's like a whole book for it, right? Yes, I do know there's a book for it and a very extensive website. You know that the book has. <laughs> Did you say what's a book? What's a book? <laughs> <laughs> um, and you do know that like the book details like every literally every you can like script every command mentioned in the book and you would get an LFS install, right? Yes. It's that literal? It is. I've seen so it. So why did I why did you have why did you have to use the YouTube? Because I didn't have the book. <laughs> why didn't you get the book? Um, it's it's a free download, man. It's on the website. It's on the website. That's not a book. Wait, really? Yes? No fucking oh, way. Oh, thought. Where? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm not even joking. I'm going to send you a link, all right? You're going to be stupid. I'm looking at it right now because you got me. I started, like, once you were talking about it, I was like, okay, this has to be somewhere on there. But I swear to God, I don't fucking see it. Oh, Linus from Scratch is the main book, the base. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, wait. Where on this page do you get to the actual book? Because I thought this was it. Oh, my gosh. No. Where the hell is the read online? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a version you can download too. Yeah, all right. In in docbook, oh, XML, or PDF. Yeah, all right. I, I got the book. Or HTML. Okay. Oh man, well. I watched the YouTube videos long. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have taken me a lot less time if I had the book. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. And the person in the video, God, whoever you are, I'll link to the video uh, in the show notes. I'm thankful yeah. for you, but uh, not the best English speaker. Oh, no. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, my. All right. There was a book. <laughs> There's a book. Oh, man. Did you happen to time how long your install took? No, I did it in the background at work when I was doing other things. Yeah, I think that's the best way to approach it. Because, well, you have to sometimes just like, all right, I'm taking a break. Wow. Yeah, like you need like, okay, I need to go to bed now. Yeah. Yeah, not not much can be said about LFS. Linux from scratch is exactly what it sounds like. It's mostly an educational exercise more than anything. Yeah, it's not 
I don't want to say it's not usable when it's done because it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it has a, a purpose. If you need to build embeddable systems and need it even more lightweight than Arch, that might be your way to go as a baseline. But, I mean, ma- trying to maintain uh, maintain that kind of system would be not fun. I don't know. I, I finished my install in about 18 hours. I didn't get the exact minutes and seconds because sometimes I would forgot, forget to, like, stop the stop the stopwatch and start it again and stuff. But generally, it took 18, 18 hours. So it's, it's an investment of time for sure. Yeah, uh, that's all we have to say about this one. If you want to learn more about the inner workings of Linux and what goes into a, a Linux distribution that makes it fully functional, LFS. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a good learning tool, but don't don't try and run it on your desktop yeah. <laughs> or server. Next is uh, OpenSUSE. Now, I I think I think it was Brian that that had a question about this. No, it was Alan. It was Alan. Okay. I don't know if it's a question. I'm I'm running it right now. You you are running it. Okay. Very cool. I like those topographical map lines on the desktop. <laughs> oh the uh, oh yeah the uh, the default wallpaper. Yep. Was the uh, was the installer pretty straightforward or? Yeah, it was. It was very intuitive, easy to use, and pretty fast. Cool. Yeah. I mean, the one thing is the download for the ISO in in the first place is much larger than everything else that we touched. I think there is there is a maybe, smaller one somewhere. Yeah. But. But the normal DVD that you get includes a lot of base packages, so you don't have to spend time installing from the network, which yeah, is both good and bad. I mean, in either case, you're downloading them at some point on some level. It's just a matter of how often you want to do it and right, how many exactly. installs you plan on doing. Exactly. What about uh, what about you, Brian? Did you get installed? Yeah. I mean, it was easy. Yeah. I actually cool. made some notes about this one. So I never really spent much time in my distro hopping days with, with OpenSUSE, but uh, why are you laughing? Because I, I, I know what's coming. Keep going. No, I just thought the installer was really nice, and there were some things that I wrote down specifically that I really wanted to point out. So one, I thought it was really cool that you could actually change the way that your password is hashed in the installer. That is, to be fair, that is pretty cool. Granted, you could only turn it down to like a lower <laughs> level of encryption. Right. But still really cool that you have that functionality because nobody else offers that that I've seen. But is it needed? No. In some cases, I also wrote that down that it could complicate things more if you're not sure. Like, yeah. But I thought it was cool if there was some context, like an explanation, like blah, 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 blah. This is the advantage of doing this this way or, you know, something like that. It could be more of a learning experience, you know? Yeah. Like MD5, SHA-2? Well, 5 is bigger than 2, so I'm going with MD5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can... I I can see where that can maybe cause confusion. Who, I, I was going to say raise your hand, but then I realized where I, I can't see any of you and vice versa, so that wouldn't really do any good. Who knew that SUSE was a Linux distribution owned by Novell? I did. What? That's one, yeah. <laughs> it Well, the enterprise version. Well, even to an extent, the community version, because they very, they very closely mirror each other, and what... What typically is done is opens uh, uh, Novell opens the SUSE Enterprise code base up. They basically beta test it on the community before implementing into the Enterprise version. Yes, but it's got to be, I don't know, I don't want to say it's got to be working for them because I don't actually know anybody that uses that <laughs> shit. Germans. Europeans are fucking crazy about that shit. Really? I don't know why. I don't know why, but they, they love their SUSE. But yeah, in the US, you don't really encounter it too much. I don't know. So the other thing that I wrote down that I thought, I think this 
offered more options for a desktop environment than anybody, any of the other installers. Yeah. Which I thought was really nice. Yeah, I, I think Because they, if they you're do. looking for something specific and it's not available through the installer, that's an added level of complexity to get it installed and then set as the default. That's true. Um, I think Slackware might actually, you might find that Slackware uh, beats the number of possible selections. Yes, but some of them actually haven't been updated since 1980. So <laughs> we'll get we'll get to that. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying I mean, I'm correcting if, you. If OpenSUSE decided said, to include every window <laughs> manager that ever existed, they would blow them out of the water. Well, yeah, black but box. That... I'm just going to install black box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you saying you installed black box for Windows the other day? A long time ago, yeah. Yeah, you told me that the other day though. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why you would do that. <laughs> Whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. I'm over it now. Okay, I'm, I'm over it too. Oh, wait. The only other... No, no, never mind. I'm over it. Let's go. No, what were, what were we going to say? Well, I think the settings in OpenSUSE are a little bit more unified than um, some of the others. What do you mean? Uh, well, the if you have someone who's switching from like Windows or OS X, you can kind of go to the control panels and all your settings are in one place. Or you can go to the system preferences on a Mac and all your settings are right there. And that's oh, you not, mean like... not necessarily true on all linux distributions and the way the settings are are displayed you mean like yast yeah okay and the yeah. yast settings page has a lot of options compared to the others it, it breaks that, it that down more I, I just fucking hate yast yeah that's fine <laughs> if it's it it's probably because it feels too windowsy to me means. yeah yet another Your... software tool oh I yeah think. that's what it is that's yet another it is. system tool it's software i think yeah it's one of them but yeah i'm just i'm not a fan of yast it just it feels too windows control panel-y to me Mm-hmm. But whatever. So, should we address the open SUSE versus open SUSE debate? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I still don't know. I pronounce it SUSE because I've heard people pronounce it like that. But, I mean, they were European. So, I don't know if that's how <laughs> Novell pronounces it. We should just call Novell. <laughs> yeah. Get on that, Jathan. Right. Let us know. <laughs> no, I mean, like, right now while we're recording. Yeah. So, you can course. wait on hold. He's, he's, he's going to the website right now. Um, do it. Knowledge-based pronunciation. No, <laughs> you gotta call him. Well, no documents, fuckers. You gotta call him. Okay, all right. I'm looking for a phone number. Contact us. Yeah. Okay. Entitled to support. Oh, I don't know if I'm entitled. Call the sales number. Oh, cost, uh, I don't see that actually. There's no sales number. Buy That's support. Surprising. Request a sales call. I have to request one. All right. I'm going to fill out this form. They're going to call me. <laughs> I'll, I'll even right. use my uh, Colorado email address. So <laughs> nice. That's really surprising that they don't have a number to call you think in for a sales request. If they call me and I'm just like, yeah, I was just curious how to pronounce, pronounce the name. <laughs> they're just going to hang out. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they they might just hang out. So like, see if you can you can make it a game. Like you can like see how long it takes for them to mention the name of their own product because that'll that'll just it's like yeah. I was I was wondering what kind of like Linux distributions okay. you have. So in my comment on my service or or my request to call, I just said I'm interested in Novell products. <laughs> Good enough. All right. All right. We'll see when they Moving call. On. I will definitely update everybody. <laughs> yeah, and, and let us know for the. You know what? Record yourself saying it. You know what? Since how they nobody actually does this they'll probably call me like now <laughs> i hope so yeah so once once you get a call record yourself saying it how they say it or if you can like upload your voicemail or something for, with them that'd be even better and uh and we'll upload it to the site <laughs> oh my gosh just the a links we go to saying <laughs> <laughs> Seuss, yeah Seuss, Seuss, Seuss. 
So next is uh, Manjaro, which is, I don't know how many of you knew this. Manjaro is basically, so Manjaro is to Arch as Ubuntu is to Debian. You know, they they took a, a little bit of a more hardcore distro and then tried to make it a little bit more accessible, user-friendly, uh, beginner-friendly, things like that. Did anyone manage to complete a Manjaro install? Yeah, definitely. I did. I don't know who that, who, who is me or I, who, who is I did? Uh, Brian, maybe? Okay. Brian and Jathan did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> did we lose Alan? Is he, is he passed out or? No, I'm still here. I, I don't think Jonathan gave me that one, so. Yeah. You bastard. Jonathan, you ignorant slut. Apparently I have to provide the distros for everybody. Yep. <laughs> you do. You do. It's your responsibility. You were, co- you were coordinating this. You're like, oh yeah, I got a couple of guys that'll do it. And you, you dropped the ball. Oh, you should be ashamed. Boy. All right. You should wear the cone of shame. I don't know. I, I like Manjaro a lot. I think. I think they, uh, I think they put together a really clean installer, a really clean end product. I don't know. I, I may, I may be biased because it's arch based and I like arch, but yeah, uh, I think similarly, I'm really impressed by what you can get with a graphical installer and you end up with a system that's incredibly up to date fast. I, I mean, I don't really notice a difference between my Arch install and Manjaro. Granted, Manjaro's in a VM, so there's a little bit of that I'm kind of accounting for there. By the way, when I clicked uh, request a call, their website's broken and it still hasn't gone through the form. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. That's fantastic. But yeah, so sticking to Manjaro, that's that's how I feel. Mm. Yeah. Manjaro was my favorite out of the entire list. So it's worth oh, noting cool. here that Brian actually installed Arch before any of these on his laptop not in a mm. virtual machine. So do you think you'd consider switching instead to Manjaro? I'm planning on it. Okay. <laughs> cool. Very cool. My my girlfriend actually runs Manjaro on her laptop as well. So, you know, and she's not by any means a, uh, a Linux guru, but I mean, she, it's very intuitive for her and I think she appreciates that. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good one to get Alan set up on later this week and playing around with because it'll be a, well, it, it's just a, like I said, it's fast. It's, it's very up to date. You can get pretty pretty much all the software that Arch offers, so... Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a, a step up. And they, they do make some minor adjustments to Arch that I am fond of. Like, normally in Arch, when you upgrade the kernel, it'll wipe away all the user lib modules for the old kernel version, even if you're booted into that old kernel version. So all of a sudden, you'll be like, why, why isn't my USB auto detect not working or why is my vpn not connecting well it's because your your modules are gone so that is that is something i don't like about arch that manjaro specifically fixes or avoids i guess they make installation of like proprietary nvidia drivers and ati or excuse me amd drivers a lot easier stuff like that like stuff that the end user really benefits from so i don't know i I, i'm a fan of arch i probably still wouldn't use it because it's it feels a little bit too crufty for me but i mean that's that's i think that's just me personally i i I noticed that a little bit too like it had steam installed by default which thought was a little bit much right yeah (laughs) it's it's maybe taking it a little bit too far but yeah but at the same time yeah i think it's like a good mix of like complexity and simplicity yeah absolutely agreed mint linux mint so linux mint is another uh another ubuntu derivative derivative there's countless of them but linux mint is one and i i think it might be number one on distro watch now do you know if that's true oh i don't know i haven't been on there in a while i was on it earlier today and it was in the top three i think okay i don't remember exactly where it was i know it's i know it's up there I know it's super popular, but didn't know exactly. I understand to an extent, but also I don't. What? I understand the appeal for a lot of people, but it also still pisses me off. Why does it piss you off? Because it's still Ubuntu. 
Well, I mean, at the core, come on. I would agree with you. You know, like I, it's great, and they, I think they improve upon Ubuntu a lot. But yeah, it, it's still, it, it does feel too much like Ubuntu to, for me to like it. But I, I was stuck in Ubuntu for so long that I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> Brian or Alan, did either of you manage to get installed? Yeah, I, uh, I did get it installed. And I, I ran it, I got to the desktop, didn't see mm-hmm. a command prompt. Looked kinda, That's good. Looked kind of shallow. Yeah, yeah, I can... Like the can installer, get... or... No, just, just the desktop. Oh, the install. Okay. And the installer went okay. It's pretty fast to install. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got mine, uh, mine was 11 minutes, 6 seconds, yeah, I think. Yeah, mine was yeah, yeah, not bad. Not at all. Okay, but, um, I think yeah. I think if you, I guess I'm trying to think of like what the use case is for for Mint that so, would be appealing to people. If I were to give my grandma a Linux distro, it would be mm-hmm. Mint. There you go. More yeah, so can, than Ubuntu. Yeah, I would say so. Why? It's just it like it's very like soft. I don't know. Like in like the appeal or the the visuals of it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, no, it, and you may not know this, but Mint or yeah, Mint supports older hardware better than Ubuntu. Ubuntu tends to be like, let's always support bleeding edge hardware yeah. at the expense of older hardware. So they're not too worried about like things like bloat and stuff. Mint does tend to perform better on older hardware. And we all know how often our grandparents update their, <laughs> their technology. So, I mean, I, I can definitely get behind that decision. I think that'd be a, a good choice. Right. Fair. So yeah, cool. Next, next is Slackware. This is ridiculous. Sla- <laughs> Slackware sixty four. Let me install this shit. I did. I agree with you. I think it's a piece of shit. <laughs> it's still very. I I wanted to teach you a lesson, Jathan. Always know where we've been, where we're coming from, so you can know but where we're going. But people will still get behind that shit. I know. I know. There are a lot of people who still like and use Slackware. There's not been an official release since 2013, and in the Linux world, that basically means you're vaporware. If it's been granted, it was late to 2013, it but matter. Fuck that. There's a <laughs> fucking Ubuntu release every six months. Yeah. And that's like a major release. But I mean, Debian releases are, are about that long. Yeah, but in the meantime, you still get updates. <laughs> and they do point releases, too. Yeah. I, I took a screenshot, and I have it in my notes page for Slackware. When I booted into XFCE, <laughs> I, got a, I got a message from X Screensaver saying, Your distro's too old. <laughs> uh, let me, hold on, I have, it, I have it somewhere. Let me read the exact text here, because this is, it's gold. This version of X Screensaver is very old. Very old is in all caps with an exclamation point. Please upgrade. <laughs> and then it gives a link to X Screensaver's project page. And then in parentheses, and this is my most favorite part. If this is the latest version that your distro ships, then your distro is doing you a disservice. Build from source. <laughs> That was my favorite part about installing Slackware, right there. Oh, that's pretty funny. Because they ripped right on the... Like, that. that's just... That's bad, man. I mean, if your distro is, like, distributing software that's, that's so old you. that upstream insults your distro, that's a bad sign, you know? That's really not a good sign. Yeah, I know. I, I agree completely. So. And there are ways to update your Slackware, but I think it's going to be mostly done through building from source or similarly. Like, it's almost entirely community-supported at this point, rather than than like official dev supported so i hated it it was a horrible experience yeah, i'm it glad is. it's over <laughs> i saw multiple times during the install like you should use like floppy disks or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it only has an n curses installer yes so 
it feels like uh, you're installing like Windows 95. No, no, no. Not the graphical install of Windows 95. I mean like drop down to like ANSI 16-bit color raw VGA Windows 95 install. Like Windows XP like recovery mode. Like that kind of shit. That's exactly what it looks like. If you've ever had to do a Windows XP recovery install, you you will know exactly what a Slackware installer looks like. It's so bad. It's so bad. Yeah, I don't. I want to stop talking about Slackware. It's just. (laughs) It was just a bad experience. It was not a good good time. Fucking hipsters. I don't know. You're right. Whatever. I I am not because I hate Slackware. (laughs) I feel like that is the definition of 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 a hipster. A Linux hip. I'm pretty sure a Linux hipster is one who uses Slack Slackware. Like that's like the defining definition. I bet someone would have used to uh, call Gentoo users hipsters. No, they mostly call them ricers more than hipsters. Well, you are a ricer, by the way. <laughs> you absolutely you tell are. You that all the time. How do I spare this 12 kilobytes of RAM? And I'm like, really? The machine has like 48 gigs of RAM. And you're like, how do I, t- how do I get this 12 kilobytes of RAM back? <laughs> You need to. I'm you need to let go. Man. <laughs> There's a. I don't think it counts as efficiency when you're waste. Literally wasting time on it. You were wasting time at that point. I'm gonna talk about Ubuntu now. <laughs> uh, can we just skip the last two? No, we got it. We got due diligence, man. We gotta talk about them. Fine. Deal with it. We're almost done. Hang in there. So Ubuntu is. I mean, if Min isn't number one, I'm sure Ubuntu is. Yeah, uh, Min's on number one. Desert Ubuntu's one. number two, and Debian's number three. <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, all so. Debian based. So Ubuntu was number one for a long time. Yeah, it was very popular. It still is very popular. It still is very popular. And in part, that's helped by its backing from Canonical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, when you're like companies led by a, a beneficiary who's well, like a billionaire, multi-billionaire at this point, sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's only grown in profit. I mean, he seems like a cool guy and all. He does seem very concerned with with like distributing some of the wealth back into social projects. But you can tell it, every year it feels more and more like a corporate Linux, and I don't mean that as a compliment. Agreed. And not only that, but the community's not. You get you get some of the worst people in the community. Yeah, you get, and I don't want to speak about any personal experiences or people I know going through personal experiences. Yeah. Because we know people in those situations, I guess. But the thing is, is the community used to be one of the most helpful around. The Ubuntu forums, their IRC network. For maybe a short a short point of time. Yeah, I'm not saying they were better than anybody else, but they were good. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I think they were good for like maybe like a year. And then like, and then it just boomed. And then you just get like the, there's like some made up internet like rule of, of, philosophy where like the more popular something gets the more fuckwads get attached to it and that's true like the abusive forums are full of like just it's like a miasma of clueless people (laughs) and i i may sound like elitist about that but like how many times can you not read documentation (laughs) i'll give you three times and after that like after you have been told to read documentation three times like even specifically what page it's on and you still don't do it kind of a waste of space at that point the natural law of fuck what's there Yeah, we should make like a says Minus trivia book of definitions. Well, there's the hacker dictionary, but that's kind of dated. But no, I mean, like it, it's it's just it's so big now that all you notice are the trolls and and the people who don't really get what community sorts supports about and things like that. I mean, have you tried idling and hash Ubuntu on Freenode? Not it's in a long time. Insane. I actually insane. so I used to idle in there and I used to just help people out because I thought it was a good way to build 
my own skill set. And it was, but... For Ubuntu, maybe. There was actually a time in there when someone was just making me so angry, and I kind of just tried to kindly step away, and they kept bugging me in a sense, and I finally spoke up and was just like, look, dude, like, I tried to help you. And I actually got booted. (laughs) And I was just like, all right, whatever. Like, yep. As many people as I just helped, right. there's one person I couldn't help, and I'm getting booted. Yep. That's, I mean, that sounds about right for Ubuntu. Well, I mean, as far as the actual distro goes, <laughs> I installed, uh, oh, what was it, 1504, the desktop edition. Yeah, me too. Still using Unity. Still using Unity. Still the software. Still hate. Yeah, still hate Unity. Still using Software Center. Not much has really changed other than just the theming. Did you get through that one, Alan? No. Because just like time. Time and all that. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You didn't miss much. No. (laughs) I mean, if you could make it through Mint and Debian, you would have been fine with Ubuntu. I will say, since we're on this topic, I think there's a lot to say in the sense that uh, a community really can make or break a Linux distro too, though. Not only like you using it, but you using it happily. Well, sort of. I think it all depends on the the type of target. So like Arch. Typically, Arch can have a very a very aggressive community because most of us are grumpy ass people. Like we're all like sysadmins and engineers and stuff <laughs> who are just like sick of the world. And that's just who we, for whatever reason, the style and mechanics and the philosophy of Arch attracts us to that. But the other side of that is we don't get offended when other people treat us that way. You know? Yeah. I mean, actually, you just say it to my face, and I'm like, yep, you're right. Have yeah, a dick. yeah, yeah. Like, if, you, if you're going to be a dick, at least be true. But, like, Ubuntu, like, the type of, the demographic of people they try to attract, for a while they were trying to do everybody, which is, I, I don't believe that's possible with any particular distro. It's just not possible. Like, it, it, there's, there's too many variables and factors. So then they kind of focused more on new users, and, and now I'd say they're shifting to maybe a more corporate environment. But they used to be focused mostly on new users so that became like the the running butt like oh you don't you know anything about linux you're you're running ubuntu so that was that was the case for me <laughs> yeah I, and uh, that's fine like honestly if you don't know anything about linux take pride in that like whatever yeah. no, your life ubuntu was definitely like the first one that i ever i ever used ever for yeah. linux and i stayed there for a long time cool very cool like if it works for you i'm happy for you but trying to fix linux systems for as often as i had to now just inherently i hate it <laughs> you know like it's 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 so messy behind the scenes both politically and technologically that like it's just it's not something i want to be involved in if i have the choice yeah i don't know yeah one thing i've noticed with ubuntu too is sometimes it ends up like kind of putting people in a box because it's like the first thing they ever started with and they're like used to it and used to the environment so they're Mm-hmm. kind of nervous to go to anything else yeah yeah there's a lot of hand-holding and n- i would say maybe with the exception of manjaro and that's just during like install and theming like that's not counting the community which is still a lot smaller than ubuntu i mean there's there's not as much hand-holding anywhere in, in, in any other distro that ubuntu offers so making a leap to another distro even though you may enjoy it more has got to be just terrifying the first time i did a ubuntu install it was literally just a rethemed debian <laughs> you know like and that's what it was for a long time that, that's like true and then Debian with uh, one or two or three things added yeah and we'll call it yeah. they but were they, they were this... using Debian repositories when I when I tried it you know so like it's 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 gone a long way but maybe it's going too far now is is where I think I'm going with that I don't know whatever were you gonna say something no not me uh, I mean, you know where I stand. I used Ubuntu for not long at all. I It was my very first stop, and that story is explained in an older episode, how that came to be, but mm-hmm. I 
knew that I wanted something more and less all at the same time. Yeah. So more, more and less, I think is a good way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. Less distro. Last one. Everybody f- finish your drinks if you've got <laughs> any left. So Zubuntu, also on 15.4 because they, they kind of parallel release with Ubuntu. I got it installed done in four, 14 minutes and six seconds. Obviously, I used XFCE because that's, <laughs> that's why it's forked from Ubuntu. Did any of the newcomers or less experienced ones get it installed and did you like it i just installed it and it took a lot longer than 14 minutes and when i finally got it running i was kind of wondering why i bothered <laughs> why <laughs> not it, i mean there was nothing there i mean there was nothing useful. just feel wild yeah just didn't feel wild yeah. yeah, just nothing really useful. That's one of the things I like about it. So I will say Ubuntu, not that this is a, a good thing necessarily, because, mm-hmm. but they do have a very regular release cycle. So the version numbers, the major version numbers, actually correspond to months and years. So 15.04 is released in April of 2015, for example. Mm. So I think if you're a little bit overwhelmed with Ubuntu and how done up it is, Zubuntu is a really good choice to step it down a little bit, but still have a lot of ease and community backing it also may run better on older hardware it may not if you're trying to get oh and we should do this for the the redux or whatever if you're trying to get ubuntu running on really old hardware you might have better luck with lubuntu which uses uh lxde as the default window manager so i don't know i mean you've you've got options did you uh did you get installed brian yeah i mean i don't know not really a a whole lot to say i mean it's just it's ubuntu with xfce yeah exactly that's it like that's there's no real innovation it's just meh seen it already yeah i don't know so just to to recap i mean i'm i know that my favorite is arch and i have a feeling that jay thought were you really serious when you said your your favorite was open susa um i mean i'm not gonna lie i would put it above ubuntu or zubuntu i mean in terms of the actual installer and the install right. process i think yes dead serious that was my favorite install the install was pretty good there was um, a time when i was actually pretty serious about switching to it back I, in the I day know, i know yeah you're, you're like <laughs> shaking your head over there trying not to bash your face against your desk rolling my eyes whatever you just said you wouldn't bash on me but you'd bash on my distro i didn't say that about you i said about other people i'm gonna bash on you all anytime i want (laughs) i know you well enough where i can where i can get away with it yeah i don't know i mean it's just my favorite obviously was arch because that's what i'm using now and it's why i switched to arch what were some of y'all's favorites well for me like i said before um I really liked Manjaro a lot. I mm. am probably going to switch my laptop to it at some point here in the next week or so. And I don't know, for me, it just seems like a good mix of complexity and like still like learning about Linux while still having enough simplicity to where I'm not, I don't feel like I'm like banging my head against the wall all the time. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a great point. Uh, what about you, Alan? Did you like any of them especially? Yeah, I kind of like Open Susie, just for a new variation on the pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, if you like it, like that's cool. Jayson and I trash it a little bit, but that's probably because we've we've seen its innards. So I'm slowly converting him. The Windows <laughs> guy what? that sits behind me. And and if he wants to stick with Windows, I'm, that's it's his life, man. I've kind of given up being a zealot, but I'm happy that, and I hope he is too, that he got this chance to at least experience some other options out there. Definitely. Cool. I'm gonna wrap it up because when I edit this down, it's probably still gonna be like 15 minutes or so. Yeah, I don't know. Did y'all have fun? Fun doing this? Yeah, it was a great time. <laughs> I've been meaning to do something like this for a long time, so it was a good opportunity. Very cool. Well, we're, we're glad to have you on. What about you, Ellen? Did you, <laughs> did, was this too painful, or did you manage no, to, it's, to slog it's, through it's it? it's definitely interesting. Um, probably keep one of these running in a VM. Cool. Very cool. Uh, well, I'm going to sign off. Thanks again for, uh, for Alan and Brian to, for you to show up.
We enjoyed having you on here. Well, appreciate it. Maybe we'll uh, we'll like check back in in a little bit, see if you see if you're still using any of them. Where are they now? Where are they now? <laughs> These ones. Where are they now? Linux edition. This is System Ministrivia. This is Brent. I'm John. I'm Brian. I'm Alan. <laughs> we'll see you around. <laughs>